Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today, Dudes on Demand is back, Dave. Mm -hmm. We've got a request from Mike in Phoenix. It is 1998's Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, directed by Guy Ritchie, starring Jason Statham. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I watched Under the Sun of Satan. Wow, yeah. what a title. What yeah. is this? You'd think the title sounds very promising, right? And when you look at the box, it, it won the Palme d'Or in 1987. Wow. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm watching this one. Um, I get it home. And uh, look, it, like I said, it was very acclaimed, but I'm not going to pretend that I liked this movie. Okay. Um, this was uh, a long slog of a boring you know, afternoon that I had. I fell asleep twice. I can't believe that this movie was as... Uh, revered as it was, mm-hmm. and um, look, I, I I really like Gerard Depardieu, but but uh, like this mannered drama about him as a conflicted priest, I mean, it's it's just not fun. It's not good. It's not interesting. And I was really disappointed. Wow. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Um, I watched something crazy. Okay. I watched a movie called I Am Thor. It's a documentary about <laughs> John Mickle Thor. Oh wow. Everyone's favorite pretentious heavy metal artist yeah yeah um it's basically an egotistical vanity project to make himself look good um it's about his history and his comeback in the late 2000s his comeback his comeback yeah he relaunched himself in the late in like 2000 to uh be awesome again basically why don't I remember this? I don't know. Because it didn't work, <laughs> okay. as you find out in the documentary. <laughs> oh, it's not really going as planned. I got you. Okay. But um, imagine if you know Randy the Ram Robinson uh-huh. wrote and produced The Wrestler yeah, as a documentary sure. about right. himself. Right. That's what it is. It's a washed up guy trying to be cool again. That it was sucks. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, everyone remembers we did Rock and Roll Nightmare. That yeah. movie's terrible. It's the guy from that movie talking about how cool he is. It's crazy. And even even though how dumb it is, it's kind of sad to see this happening. Uh-huh. Um, it's amazing to see there's actually fans out there. That's weird. Like, that are obsessed with them. This one guy has every piece of Thor memorabilia out there. Uh, this documentary was just like, why? Why? Yeah, yeah. I can't stop looking at this, and it's terrible, but man. I mean, I, I guess when someone just, like, fails at everything, <clears throat> like, there does seem to, seem to be, like, this cult that, that gathers around yeah. them. I mean, like, so if someone's if someone's music is terrible and their movies are terrible, like, maybe they just, you know, like, people just gravitate toward that in an ironic way. But, I mean, collecting yeah. memorabilia. And th- I mean, this that's, is not that's... irony. No. This guy's the head of the fan club. Like, Oh, wow. Well... It's kind of pathetic, but also you have some kind of sympathy for Thor also. Yeah. Which is, it's something else. This get, documentary, man, <laughs> well, got home late one night. All right. Put it, put it on. <laughs> um, it's um, reminding me of, of, the other, of another documentary that I watched one time and read the book, too. It was, it was kind of related to this. It was another vanity project from producer Robert Evans uh-huh. um, called The Kid Stays in the Picture. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a lot like this, only it is it's it's legitimately awesome, but not for the reason that 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 I am Thor is awesome. Okay, yeah. Um, it's actually a good film, and and all right, um, and it's compelling material of a successful person, even though he has the same the same sized ego as John Michael Thor. He actually has accomplished things in his life. Yeah, right. Um, so if you want something crazy to watch, crazy stupid, uh, watch this documentary. Cool, if, especially if you've seen Rock and Roll Nightmare. Yeah, 
uh, definitely go with this. We asked the fans out there what they've been watching, and our good friend Charlie Street again mm. comes in on Instagram, says he's been watching Attack of the Clones, Jury Duty, and most importantly, Gladiator. <laughs> possibly best movie of all time. I think he's trolling us again. He's trying to get at me. For, I, I mean, like Charlie likes likes to likes to you know like get inside my head, and and it, it's great. Yeah, it's pretty good. So uh, I hope I hope you did watch all those, Charlie. That's pretty awesome. Um, now we've got some catch up work to do on question of the week. We'll try to get this through so we can get to the review. But mm-hmm. um. We asked, what's your favorite English comedy? Mm-hmm. We got a lot of TV responses, actually, yes. and a lot of a few movies, too. Um, movies, we got a lot of Monty Python stuff. Yeah. Mr. Bean was big. Right. The Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy, that's the one we've been talking about. Yeah. Hot Fuzz. Right. And, and I'd like to yeah. I'd thank Tony for, for, for schooling us on the, the, the correct you know like like title of that trilogy, Three Flavors yeah. Cornetto trilogy. because I was calling it the beer trilogy. Yeah. Maybe that's another term for it, but... Yeah, thanks for pointing that out to us. Mm-hmm. And on uh, Instagram, at Movie Matinee said, With Nail and I. Have mm-hmm. you seen that one? Yes, I have. Okay. That is uh, with Richard E. Grant from Gosford Park. Uh-huh. It's a fantastic movie. Awesome. Yeah. And Charlie Street again, he got some good ones here. He said, Without Monty Python in the picture, he's Wallace and Gromit, The mm-hmm. Pink Panther Returns, and A Fish Called Wanda. No, so there I can't you go. believe I forgot A Fish Called Wanda. Yeah, yeah that's probably the best <clears throat> script that John Cleese ever wrote. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and TV, you got Doc Martin, Faulty Towers, mm-hmm. Extras, Keeping Up Appearances, yep. and there were some food ones, I think. Food ones? Weren't, wasn't there like Chef something? Oh, or yeah. What was uh, it called? Uh, yeah, the, he, uh, David had said something about Chef. Then that was a, 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 sm- a very small oh, series. Oh, oh. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, it was in the early 90s with Lenny Henry, uh-huh. uh, who they tried to make a star <laughs> in America, but it didn't take. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one, another one was... Um, Keeping up appearances, and yeah. Erica brought up Death at a Funeral, which okay, was yeah. a, a really excellent like like British comedy that they that they remade in America with Chris Rock and Martin Lawrence, uh-huh. um, and Peter Dinklage. Yeah, Peter Dinklage is in both of the of the uh, versions, but and he's the only one that reprises his role on the American one. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> so that's <laughs> thank you for all those answers, guys. And uh, we've got another question of the week to catch up on. It's what's your favorite Stanley Kubrick movie? Yes, Charlie Street again gets at us. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Nice. I do not believe there is another movie in any genre that more accurately depicts the future. The attention to detail and creative control set the bar at a point that may never be matched in such intimate detail. Hashtag gladiator. What the (laughs) fuck, Charlie? What's with the gladiator? (laughs) Charlie. He makes such a great point here. A great statement on film history. And then has to hashtag gladiator. Taking another jab at Dave. Oh, God bless him. That's great. <laughs> right. Um, so, free great movies. Also said Clockwork Orange, followed closely by Paths of Glory. And then Jackson, the film geek, says either Dr. Strangelove or Full Metal Jacket. Thank you, Jackson. Wow. Yeah, so those are some good ones there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've said before my favorite's Clockwork. Yeah. Uh, now that I've seen Strangelove, though, man, that is up there. It's neck that and neck. That is so good. Right. Um, so, yeah, thanks for those, and stay tuned after our discussion for the new question of the week. I think you'll like this one. Mm-hmm. So now let's finally talk about <laughs> Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Thanks for sticking with us, folks. Dave, why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Okay, uh, so with Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, it is a uh, uh, like a, a British crime caper um, in which these four guys who um, are kind of uh, like small-time hoods find themselves with an accidental big deal. 
um, after uh, one of them loses, uh, the, the, the one guy's really talented with cards, and he loses a card uh, poker game, uh, in a high-stakes poker game, he, mm-hmm. he loses a bunch of money to uh, this this like local uh, kingpin. Yeah. Um, and they have to figure out a way to pay off the guy in seven days, and um, through a series of, you know, mishaps, they, they you know, come up with a scheme to do so. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and it is a very complicated plot. Um, it's it was the '90s, and we liked that. We 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 liked yeah, right. you know there there a lot of gunplay, a lot of slow motion, and like a plot a that of just style. keeps un, a lot of style and a, and a plot that just keeps unraveling. You know, as we go. Yeah, it's very sharp, quick, mm-hmm. fast, yes. witty, yeah, funny, scary. It's a it's a late '90s cool guy movie. Uh-huh. Basically, it's yeah. a Tarantino ripoff. It is a Tarantino <laughs> ripoff, and you know Tarantino. Like maybe the, there's a little bit of Danny Boyle in there. there there's definitely I mean, some Danny Boyle. And you know, like we were talking off the air, like whenever there's, whenever you see this from the late '90s, you revisit this stuff. Like, like okay, so so you, you immediately see there's even you know, Fincher. Like it's all like yeah, yeah of course. Mm-hmm. But but as long as it's good and it presents like one more original thing, right? Um, you kind of just go with it. Yeah. You know, back in the '90s, of course, we like we didn't. We kind of knew that there was there was like ripoffs going on, but we weren't quite as aware that that this was all a style that was just lifted from somewhere. Right, and I wouldn't even we were discussing like, is it a ripoff or is it kind of an homage? Yeah. Is it just, or is it coming from Tarantino and right. it's something else? Which I would argue it kind of is. It's not just a blatant ripoff, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's he's influenced. Guy Ritchie is influenced by yeah. what Tarantino did in the early nineties, right? Um, because it is. Good, like you said. Yeah. I did enjoy this movie. Yes. Um, I think it's an extremely well-written script. I mean... The, extremely. The, 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 the dialogue in this movie is like... It, yeah, you, you, it's it's unlikely dialogue. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's really kind of uh, like... It's, it's a little bit too clever by half, you know, a lot of times. Yeah. But you're okay with it because it's so colorful and, and you know, it just moves so good. And, and, and these actors, you know, really are... Uh, delivering the lines with, yeah. with, with such fluidity that you're okay with it. And I think the the, the complicated nature of the plot all coming together, yeah. like you said, it's very haphazard yeah. what happens to this group of, you know, low-rent hoods uh-huh. who are in over their head. Yes. They're kind of like just stumbling into the aftermath of what they've created right. by knocking over this domino, basically. Right. And they just kind of get away with it, <laughs> like, <laughs> by chance. They do. It's all by, just, they're so lucky. <laughs> but the, the way the script is structured and put together, it's it's smart. I know. I like it. And that's the one original part of it that, that, that we talked about, was that, like, that that's the thing that's added to it, is that Guy Ritchie makes his heroes, um, like you said, the ones who aren't actually doing anything. Right, yeah. They're, they're, they're uh, kind of accidentally getting into a a, right. a big heist, and, yes. and they just keep like benefiting from other people's work. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a well written script it's, for it's, sure. It's very well done. So what happens here is Dave said, you know, they get in over their head. The one guy, Eddie, I think, Eddie. is the character. Mm-hmm. He loses at this card game, and he owes five hundred big ones yeah. to Harry the Porn King. Or right. <laughs> <laughs> The movie is very humorous in a weird kind of way. Yeah. We've done a lot of comedies lately, and this is also a totally different style of comedy compared to Hot Fuzz and Dr. Strangelove. Absolutely. Um, you can even see maybe where Edgar Wright gets a little bit from this movie in his style. I mean, yeah, and, and he, he definitely has seen it, and he definitely likes to parody it. Yeah, definitely. You know. But yeah, they he, they get in over, over their heads. They have to come up 
with this money in a week. So they decide to knock off. They hear their neighbors through the wall, and they're like criminals over there. Yeah. And they're deciding to rob these, like, weed dealers, these growers. Yes. So what the guys decide to do is whenever they rob them, they'll be waiting in their apartment to rob them and then get away with it. Uh Uh-huh. If that sounds a little confusing the way I phrased it, that's kind of how it's presented. Mm -hmm. It's just one thing keeps stacking up on another. Right. And then eventually all falls together into a pile and (laughs) a mess happens. And when they go through with that first plan of like robbing the robbers, it's about halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. And and you, you so and you, you you've seen a British or even American crime caper before, so you know that like something tragic is going to befall them because this went a little too quickly. This went a little too easy, uh-huh. and even they know it. Like the, the characters in this movie are very self-aware, especially our heroes. Um, they they even comment that 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 went really smoothly on, on, in the getaway. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, it's only when they they realize that things might not be as smooth as they think is because they find the traffic warden in you know in with the weed and the and the. Uh, Yep. And the money. There's even there's another level to it. Like they steal the weed and the money from the robbers. Yeah. They didn't know they were going to get all the weed. They just thought they'd get the money. Right. And so now they have to sell the weed to get more money. Mm-hmm. So they have a guy like Nick the Greek, I think his yeah, name Nick is. Nick the Greek. So they have him sell all the weed to this guy he knows. And it happens to be the, the drug kingpin who owned the grow operation. So he's selling his own <laughs> shit back to this guy. And he's like, all right, so who could be stupid enough to rob me and try to sell me my own shit? <laughs> so there's this whole nother level now. Right. <laughs> and now he wants blood. Yes. He wants yes. his weed back. He wants his money. Right. <laughs> so now these guys who are just trying to get money to pay off a debt are into this. And they don't even know it, actually, uh-huh. because they've got Nick the Greek trying to do it for them. Yeah. And there's also the two guns involved. The two smoking barrels, I guess you could say. The two say. smoking <laughs> barrels of these <laughs> antique muskets that, that, that the porn king Harry wants to get his hands on. Uh-huh. We, we see him early in the movie, like, looking through a Sotheby's uh, catalog. Yeah. Um, which I would want to have in my house, I by the that'd way. that'd be pretty that, cool. That, that was a really cool-looking book. I would um, add some class. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, and right next to your rock and roll nightmare DVD. <laughs> Shit, dude. That's right. Um, and like, so he's looking through this and, and he, he tells his guys that he wants like these guns uh, and they're, they're housed in this, uh, like old people's castle. Um, so we, they hire these two idiots yeah. uh, to go in and, uh, and get these guns. They, they steal all the guns in the house, except the ones that, that they wanted. Um, right. Well, they nick them, but then they sell them because oh, sorry, Barry right. the Baptist yeah. Yeah. tells them, we want the ones in the safe. You can have anything else in the house. Uh-huh. That's fine. Right. But it just so happens the ones that they wanted weren't in the safe and the butler had them. So the guys are like, well, they weren't in the safe, so we'll take these. Uh-huh. And they end up selling them for like a couple hundred bucks. 700 bucks. When when we find out later, they're worth like 300 grand. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's this whole thing <laughs> on top of everything, and it all coalesces eventually, you know? Yeah. Because, all right, stay with us. <laughs> Barry the Baptist and Vinnie Jones, that's not the character. Big Chris is Vinnie Jones's character. Right. They work for Harry, the porn king, uh-huh. who is owed the 500 from our main characters. Yes. So now, Vinnie Jones is also trying to get the money from the main characters. <laughs> <laughs> While the drug dealer guy is coming after all of them. Mm-hmm. 
and nobody knows who's working for anybody. It's all a big just circle of who knows what the fuck's happening. Exactly. It's 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 a complete schmoz and and somehow somehow we can keep it together in our minds. Yeah, but it's kind of like, part. wow, what what's happening? Right. When you have character a main character in the movie, you're kind of seeing the world through their eyes in a way. Yes. But um the main characters don't know any of this stuff's happening in the background, you right. know? And we're getting this third-person look at everything. Right. And seeing all these pieces fall into place is very entertaining mm-hmm. because you don't see the main characters realizing it. Like, they'll show up. They're going to come back to their house after the heist or some shit, after going to the bar and getting drunk. Right. But what has already happened is the drug kingpin and then the robbers who made the first robbery are all waiting to re-rob the other people. Yeah. And they all have a big shootout in our main character's apartment and they just stumble back into it like what the fuck just happened yeah that's what's happening in this movie they left all the money and all the weed in the in, <laughs> in their like flat and when they get back two gangs are all dead yep um rory is the is the drug kingpin uh-huh the guy with the afro who is actually one of my favorite characters in the movie I liked him. Um, I liked Rory good. quite a bit. Um, and I, I like the story that they give him, which is that, like, you know, don't underestimate him. Yeah. He looks like a clown, but mm-hmm. he's actually, like, ruthless, and he will, you know, like, just do anything, kind of like in prison. He's Lil Z. He from, is Lil from Zay. From of God. I, 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 it reminded yep. me so much of Lil yep. Zay. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And, like, earlier in the film, uh, like, when, when, when Eddie goes to that card game... Uh, the guards outside tell Eddie's gang, you know, Jason Statham, Jason Fleming, and the other guy, mm-hmm. that they have to, uh, to, to, like, wait outside, go down to the pub, you know, wait for Eddie to get done. And as they go into the pub, a guy who is on fire emerges <laughs> from the door, <laughs> and, uh, and they think nothing of it. They just go into the pub anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, I love that. Well, they they look at him and they're like, "Okay," and they go into the exactly. Pub. <laughs> they they almost don't even like react. It's just it's it's weird. And and later in the movie, we find out that that. Uh, that Rory set that guy on fire because the guy didn't like uh, what Rory was watching yeah. on television. Yep. Yeah. You know, it, it's just... It's... Yeah, they, they tell that story and you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Be- and before we get to that point of the movie, that when they first walk into that pub, Jason Statham is throwing a big hissy fit about how the, <laughs> the race is too loud yeah, on the TV. the TV's too loud. He asked the bartender to turn down. He's like, I'm not going to ask him. You can ask him. <laughs> so he tells him and then... Rory, right? Rory? Yeah, Rory. He looks at him and goes, no. <laughs> and later, you hear about what had just happened yes. prior. Like 30 seconds 30 before. 30 seconds before this. Right. He lit a man on fire because yes. he was telling him to turn the TV down. <laughs> I mean, like, like Rory just, like, he, he's he's insane. He, he, he will, he, he, you don't know what he's capable of. Right. And he also just, like, he picks and chooses his spots. He'll, he will either commit a horrific act of violence or politely say no. Right. I mean, <laughs> you never know with this guy. Right. And those are those are good villains. Yes. Unpredictability. Yes, that's right. And, you know, like, um, the whole time, I, I just got to say this, you know, like, when I, was, when I was watching the movie, I kept thinking to myself, so much of this could be solved if they just, if the script would let Jason Statham use karate. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> There's one point when he does a backflip, like I know. during the like getting yes. drunk montage. Yes. yes, he shows like some 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 like supreme athleticism for no reason. Yeah. while they're getting drunk after celebrating winning, get, getting the 500 grand. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, it's it's like Jason Statham wasn't quite Jason Statham it's, yet. It's so. like Samir from Office Space it when, is. When, when they're celebrating. Yeah, <laughs> revealing some hidden hidden yeah, talents. Like, yeah, like wow, this guy can break dance. I know. Wow, this guy can do backflips. <laughs> right. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Dude, yeah. 
if the script called for it, there'd be no problem. Exactly. I mean, he'd just take down Vinny Jones. He'd walk into into Harry's office and and get the two Berettas and the money and the gear uh-huh. and everything would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Guy Ritchie didn't think of that. No, I mean no. he didn't know what he had. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was odd because I, I, I'd never seen this movie before. Okay, and I'm thinking, all right, Jason Statham is in this. And he's not the Jason Statham we know today, right? So I'm expecting a little karate going on. Sure, but it doesn't call for that at all. The movie actually doesn't have a lot of action in it. It has lots of shootouts and things like that. Yeah, but it's not shown a, a lot of times. Yeah. Like, you see some of it. Right. But, like, we mentioned already the two gangs kill each other in, in the guy's apartment, mm-hmm. basically. You don't even see that, really. You see a window getting blown out from the outside. Right. And you'll see, like, one guy take one, one shot. Yeah, like, you know. and it, that's part of the, this low-budget filmmaking. Yeah. I'm, th- this movie, you can tell, is a very low-budget movie. Mm-hmm. But that's great technique, you know, working with what you got. Mm-hmm. It's very Robert Rodriguez You're in right. that aspect. And I thought it was awesome that it, it worked great for the script, not seeing a huge, you know, Rambo shootout in yes. the apartment. Like, that's not really what the movie's about. It's about how these guys keep getting in over their head more and more. Right. It's not about watching the, the everyone get shot. Right. The tagline of the movie is a disgrace to criminals everywhere. Yeah, right. You know, like talking <laughs> about suck. these four guys <laughs> who just are nothing. Like, like, and including Jason Statham. Uh-huh. Like, Crank and Transporter, who we know of, <laughs> who, like, you know, who, who just, like, can do anything in a film. Are those his names in those movies? <laughs> That'd be you awesome. Know, you know My favorite his... part is when Crank does this. <laughs> you know what his name is? In I, I think it's in Crank. It's actually Chav Chelios. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. it's Chelios. Yeah, I remember which that. Which is the strangest <laughs> hockey-related thing, which means nothing. But <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and speaking of how it's low budget, it looked kind of shitty on this DVD I had. Did I, he, they film this too. on tape or something? I, I, like, it was strange, yeah. Because I know in the really 90s, grainy. a lot of people were like, let's do tape. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. It looked, yeah, because I mean, like, digital video hadn't happened yet, but it looks like a little bit better than VHS. Well, yeah, a little bit. You like, know, I was like, this is DVD. Like, yeah. And, and my DVD had the widescreen or, you know, full screen Me options too. on it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, maybe they don't have high quality because they're fitting these two different versions on right. it. I don't know. Right. Or or maybe it's just filmed that way. It was, I mean, yeah. It, was it, has really, a, it has its own style and look to it. You yes. Know, so. But the photography know. was really like, like sort of, I don't know, overexposed or like, or just, you know, kind of. Yeah. It was like you were looking at it through a beer glass or something. It, 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 there was this weird, I, like, film I noticed that a place. lot. It was like Soderbergh, like, yeah. Like filming in Mexico, you know, know in traffic. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Only not um, gorgeous <laughs> to look at. You right. Know? Yeah. Like, right. Know, it, it, it was kind of shitty looking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it added a little charm to it. I know. Like, I, I did not mind thing. it, really. Right. Like, But I, like you said, you notice it. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, that kind of looks bad. Yes. <laughs> like, they didn't really have a good cinematography department here. Right. Like, the camera work is actually good. Yes. But, like, the lighting and things right. like it, that's not very good traditionally. Right. And in, and when you say about the lighting, I mean, I remember there was one time where, like, like Jason Statham is explaining to somebody about some. He's telling the story about... Uh, uh, something that happened previous because they do that a lot in the movie like you know and, right and here's yeah what this guy did uh like jason statham is like telling the story and like you actually see the light turn on like you don't physically yeah, see right. the apparatus but like light all of a sudden comes down on jason statham's face uh-huh. and it's not like heavenly light it's like someone went exactly yeah it is <laughs> um and i didn't mind it mm-hmm. at all like i don't i don't know 
Yeah, because you're you're swept yeah. up in kind of what's an exciting story. Like I said, yeah, like it's a good story. Yeah, I like it, and it's interesting, and it keeps you in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it got a little. It was a little slow to start. Yeah, I, the movie's about two hours long. I think an hour and forty five. Yeah, it's one forty five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I felt it was a little long. Oh, yeah. yeah um, it could have been pared down considerably. It, this could have been like 85 minutes, I yes. bet. Yes. But um, it wasn't detrimental to it because I think it actually is strong enough. The script and and the plot overall is just that good. Well, you probably could have started the movie with Eddie uh, like like being at home with the other three guys, and then he goes to the card game, and that's where it starts. Yeah, they do a lot of introduction and yes. stuff like that, backstory things. Mm-hmm. Which kind of adds a little flavor to the movie. It does. It adds a little bit of like local color and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think that if you go into Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, a movie with that title, yeah. you kind of know... You, you've probably seen The Long Good Friday, as Guy Ritchie clearly has, and you, you are probably familiar with like British, like like London gangsters. Yeah. You know? So you kind of know the milieu that you're in for. Right. Like Some of the stuff probably it was a little extraneous. Yeah. Like You probably didn't need... Jason Statham telling the story of Harry the Porn King or whatever right. beat a guy with a black dildo. No, like, you, you probably, probably don't no, need exactly. that. It adds color. It adds a little <laughs> characterization to Harry. But we already know he's this evil uh, porn kingpin. So, I mean, I don't know. If You know, him him beating Harry beating that guy to death with a black dildo reminded me of the movie Deadly Friend. Okay. When, when someone, when, when Anne Ramsey gets, gets killed with a basketball. Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> Anne Ramsey gets killed with a basketball in Deadly Friend? Yes. yes. All right. <laughs> that is hilarious. It's such an unlike. I mean, like, like is that really going to kill you? If, if I, if you just kept hitting me with a dildo, I mean, a floppy. I mean, am I ever going to die? Probably not. I mean, it might hurt. It could eventually get there. This thing looked pretty sturdy. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's a good strong dick, I guess. But still, oh god. I mean, I, I, it, it was, it was flopping. I mean, it's like, like, like you can't just beat somebody death to death with like a latex, whatever. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, that that brings me up. Brings me to this point, like. The humor is a little homophobic in in parts. Yeah. Like, like the big black dildo joke. <laughs> I feel like it's a little mean spirited in a way. Yeah. Like getting beat to death with a big black dildo. Yes. Yes. But then there's also like a part where they're trying to come up with money, and the one guy's saying like, "Hey, we can start a business called like the the f words, the the gays, the yes. blah blah blah. It's take Jason it up Fleming. the butt. Oh, uh, I take it up it, the butt. <laughs> like he comes up with this very. Filled with the F-A-G word. Yes. It is uh, very, very not funny, if no, you ask me. It, and it's, it's, not. Pla- it's played for laughs, though. It is. and I, I don't know if this is British sensibility trying to come out or just guy thinking. I don't know. Like, I'm a bro kind of right. joke. Uh, but uh, yeah. it was not, not working on me at all. It, it was it, a good idea. But it, the it, name it was, for that place. Idea, you could have said just, my, make, make something else up. I know. It could, be, could have been something else that you would not, because the, in, in the end of the scheme, it's like you don't want to cash this check because of the name of the company. Right. Um, you could have said anything in there, anything that would be embarrassing. Right. Um, I, and I know. guess the point is you got to have something offensive like that and yeah. embarrassing as the name of the company. Right. 
I don't know, but I don't think you need like slurs in the title three times. You probably I, I don't know. <laughs> but it, but and, and that's the problem with it. Like as much as I do, as much as I love the 1980s and 90s. Yeah. Like, like we, we always have to put up with this kind of stuff when we go back and look at things. We're like, oh, that's right, we were doing that still. Yeah. Uh, we 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 were just like tossing off these words without a thought because we we had decided, oh well, we shouldn't be racist anymore, but it's totally okay to hate gay people. Yeah. You know, still. And we were still like 15 years away. God, that sucks. Yeah, it does. We're, we're, we're like little by little, we're, we're including everyone. Now. That was really the only part I didn't enjoy. Yeah, in this movie. Jason Fleming's, uh, you know, monologue about you know. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I, I like this movie. Dave. Yeah, I, I do too. And it's it's got a lot of like callbacks to other things. I mean, like I mentioned the Long Good Friday before. That that's a really excellent movie from 1979, with Bob Hoskins and Helen Mirren. I have never seen it actually. It's yeah. excellent. John McKenzie was the director. It, the the Criterion put out a uh, a disc of it. And um, P. H. Moriarty, who plays Harry, is in the movie. Um, okay. Yeah. It's 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 a it's like the original. It's not the original British crime, uh, you know, gangster movie. I think right. that was probably like uh, the Lavender Hill Mob with Alec Guinness. Okay, uh, but but it's 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 definitely of this style of like you know, um, and Get Carter is also another one. You okay, know, from yeah, 1971, yeah. Uh, with Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine, everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a really good tough guy British movie. Um, and and like like we talked about Tarantino ripoffs. I mean. Like, like this movie is, is also like really paying homage to those films too. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it's just a heightened version of it where, where, where now you're, you're doing all that stuff that you were doing in those movies, but with like a nineties sensibility and a lot of, a lot of style, a lot of, you know, like I just got back from Sundance and I can move my camera here and I can slow things down. Right. And Jason Statham will come around the corner and a box will, his, the, the box of stuff he's carrying will like, you know, in slow motion, right. you know, all upend and yeah, it's, it's, it's like that. The camera work is good like that. The camera won't cut. It's just moving around mm-hmm. the the set. Yeah. Showing everyone doing different things in different parts. Right. But it'll like do like fast motion to the next guy, then yes. slow-mo on his face as he's like taking a, a hit on a joint or something. Oh yeah. And then fast motion to another guy pouring like vodka all over his head. <laughs> right. Like it it's very stylish like that. Yes. And it's it's cool. Yes. Um so I guess towards the end of the movie, what happens is after the, there's that shootout where the two gangs kill each other, mm-hmm. then now they're Vinnie Jones shows up, finds the guns and the money, and brings it to Harry. And Harry's like, okay, my debt's settled now. Cool. Yeah. But Eddie and the guys don't know that. They think someone just stole the money. Uh-huh. Again, it's like they don't know what the fuck's happening. <laughs> so, they, they don't know about their own movie. So they go there because he calls Harry and to like tell him like, "Hey, I need more time or something." And Harry's just like, "Oh yeah, I got your money, but I also got the guns. That's what concerns me. You need to come here." So they go there, and there's another shootout that happens there That's because right. the two bumbling idiots who first stole the guns have been tasked with trying to get the guns back. Yeah. So they're doing whatever they can to do it. So they show up. <laughs> <laughs> they see Vinnie Jones with the guns, and they're like, all right, we got to get this fucker. And they see him go into Harry's place, and they're dumb enough to not realize that this is Harry's place. Which which didn't make a lot of sense yeah, to me. that didn't make sense at all. Like, like they when they were talking to Nick the Greek earlier in the movie and Barry the Baptist, they know who Barry's working for. Yeah. Um, Barry they, told him. Right. Barry told him straight up, this is what Harry wants. They walk into the—they go up to the door, and it says right on the door, Harry Linesdale's place— 
And they go in anyway. Do they know who they're dealing with? These guys are stupid as fuck. They are. And even yeah. at the beginning when they get recruited by Barry the Baptist, they're at a strip club. Aren't they at Harry's place? Yes. Yes, so that they're, makes they're no in sense. Harry's lair. That I makes mean, no like, sense. That's a huge flaw, actually, in this screenplay. And, and I mean, like, like the, the place you're talking about, it looks like Biff Tannen's casino. Right, yeah, that's I mean, a it's huge gigantic, sign. Yes. A big neon Harry right. the Porn King <laughs> with an arrow. It's unmistakable, right? <laughs> you know where you're oh at. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, so they go in. <laughs> And they go in, they're like, we got to get these guns, we're going to do whatever we can. And they run in, and start shooting, and um, <laughs> they realize it's Harry. Yeah. Harry kills the one guy, the other guy comes in, kills Harry, Barry the Baptist throws a tomahawk at the one guy, <laughs> oh, he turns Lord. around, shoots Barry, they all die. <laughs> it's the end of Reservoir Dogs. It is, I know, I know. The whole room is just a bloodbath. And uh, and then and then you're thinking, okay, well, well, okay, I, I guess things are settled now, um, because now because Eddie walks in on the scene, uh-huh. or, or, or Tom and Eddie walk yeah, in on the yeah, scene, yeah. Jason Fleming's character, they, and they they like what well, I, I they I, just I, happen to miss this again exactly. and find their money. Yes, they they, they keep walking into <laughs> like like what the shootouts that just happened. Yeah, and and like and the smoke is still there. They're so lucky. They're so so fortunate all the time. <laughs> And and they're and if they had any brains, but but because they're a disgrace to criminals everywhere, they they, they never do it right. Uh huh. They 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 got like, okay, well, here's all the stuff we wanted. Here's the loot. Here's the bag of money. Let's just go. Let's disappear. Right. Let, let let's let's make arrangements and like just get on a train and go. So Eddie says, you know? "All right, this is our money." Yeah. And he takes it. And Tom's Tom's like, "I want the guns." Oh. God so he goes to get the two guns. Man. He's like, I paid 700 quid for these. Oh, you got 500 quid in this bag. <laughs> I was bag. about to say 500,000 quid oh, in that bag, dude. Dude. You don't need these two guns you no. paid 700 bucks for. Exactly. So they go out, and they think they're in the clear. And I think um, Eddie even says something like, I think if I get this right... We haven't done anything wrong, and we're in the clear. It's, it's one of those like ironic <laughs> winks yes, to the to the audience, like is. yeah, yeah. I know we kind of just are kind of bumbling through this, this this script, and uh-huh. it's working out in our favor. Yeah, and we might have actually gotten away with it. It's, and, uh, and then this is the point when Vinnie Jones crashes his car into their car. Yeah, they say, "I think we're in the clear." Then bam, because Vinnie Jones has just been. Uh, the the lead robber guy, who dog, in, dog is his uh-huh. name. Yeah, this is the guy who initially stole from the weed dealer guys. Yeah, that our main characters then stole from. Mm-hmm. So he's still alive somehow, and he sees Vinnie Jones and tails him. And Vinnie Jones, Big Chris is his name. He has a son called Little Chris, who they established <laughs> is the only thing he cares more about than like getting his work done or something. <laughs> And I love that. It's probably my favorite thing in the movie. He's always telling his son to n- watch his mouth yeah. and buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's out there like breaking fingers with his son and, you know, stealing cash. Right. He's, he's worried about the language and his safety in the car. He's involving his son in a criminal enterprise. <laughs> right. His and he son, cares about his language. He's a 12-year-old boy named Little Chris. Right. <laughs> um, so, like, dog or whatever uh-huh. puts a knife to Little Chris's throat and says, all right, take me to the money. Yeah. So Big Chris has to drive. And we already know the only thing he cares about most in the world is his son. Yep. So to get out of the situation, he crashes his car into our protagonists. Mm -hmm. And then, this is my favorite thing in the movie, he gets out of the car and starts to bash Dog's head in with the door. 
and we get a POV. <laughs> the camera becomes dog's eyes. Oh. And we get a POV of our own head being smashed in the door while looking at Chris just going berserk on this man who threatened his son's life. It's my favorite part of the movie. It's really good. And Vinnie Jones' performance here of just going psycho is awesome. I am so glad you brought this up because mm-hmm. for for one thing, it's the birth of the of the of Vinnie Jones's reputation uh-huh. of of like that guy you want in a movie who can do this. Yeah, and also when we talk about the relationship that he has with his son, when Dog puts the knife to little Chris, you, you know, like they, they've already the narrator has told us how much he loves this kid, right? But he doesn't get weepy in the slightest. He mm-hmm. looks at dog. He looks at the. He assesses the situation and goes, "Well, all right. I guess this is what's going on. Yeah. Um. I'm going to take you to this money. Like almost matter of fact. You know. Like okay. Well, I lost this one. Mm-hmm. Um. He's definitely thinking about you know what he's going to do to dog. Yeah. But you don't see it on his face at all. And nope. when he gets the opportunity, man. Vinnie Jones slams a car door on this guy's head about 15, 16 times. Yeah. I mean, towards just jelly. Yeah, th- you know, this is like Tommy DeVito yes, kicking some dude to death. Exactly. You know? and, and it's and it's a I mean and and it's also it's crazy. The, it's probably the most satisfying death in the movie because Dog is easily the most evil character. Yeah, he's pretty bad. When um, we're introduced to him, he's standing on a man who's tied up hitting golf balls out of his mouth. That's right. At another man he's tied up upside down. Um he's, he's pretty evil. Yeah, yeah, he's a repulsive man. Yeah. And and to see him get his end in a savage way like this, man, it's good. It is. And Big Chris is probably my favorite character in the movie. He he's seems mine too. like mm-hmm. he's honest. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he's not ashamed of it. Right. He's doing what he has to do <laughs> for his son. Yes. <laughs> he's making an and honest it's, living. It's just so funny because he's like the perfect dad in a way. Yeah. But he's also a terrible human being (laughs) (laughs) and it just that juxtaposition of those two things combined in one package yeah in a in a monster like vinnie jones like a monstrous man who's humongous (laughs) it's it's really funny in in a very subtle way that i i just can't stop enjoying i enjoy it so much he's probably the best written and most well-developed character in the movie and I'll add one thing to that package you mentioned. He's also the most capable person. He definitely is. Who really knows his job. He's he's the only one who hasn't fucked anything up. Exactly. Yeah. As far as I can remember. No, he he doesn't. He doesn't make one kind of wrong move throughout everything. Even when he gets like kidnapped by dog, um, it's, it's, it's not really his fault. It's just dog was being very cagey in that moment. Yep. And he overcomes it, uh, in a great way. Like we just described. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. So after he turns this man's head to jelly, yeah, you don't see any of it. It's not graphic, right? It's just this performance from a, a point, a POV shot, right? That's really good. You see Vinnie Jones just snarling, and and you know, like like we, we've got the setup. We know what's yep. happening, and we just see the rage from this man, right? And that's what makes you feel like, oh god, yeah. That's what's making you cringe here. If you pissed off Big Chris, you're gonna yeah. get one of this. Yeah. You're gonna get this. Yeah, and then he goes into the car and sees Eddie like knocked out like everyone in the car our protagonists Uh are almost mangled basically (laughs) from this car crash right so (laughs) vinnie jones who had just dropped off the money four minutes ago (laughs) and then gets kidnapped sees that these guys have got the money again he's like well what the fuck he goes you cheeky bastards yeah you cheeky (laughs) bastards and he pulls the money out of the car goes in to the building 
where Harry's office is and sees Tom in there with the two guns. <sighs> and the, they just stand off and look at each other. And then the narrator comes back in and says, you know, they assess the situation. <laughs> Big Chris left with the money and yeah. Tom left with the guns. Uh-huh. And it says, and then everyone else got arrested. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. what it says. Right. <laughs> and then everyone gets out of jail or whatever, and our protagonists are hanging out. And Big Chris comes in to the bar where Sting is working. Sting, we forgot to mention Sting. Sting yeah. is Tom's dad or Eddie's dad? He's Eddie's dad. Okay, he's Eddie's dad, and he owns the bar they all hang out at. Right. So Vinnie Jones comes in with the bag and puts it down on the table. I guess he's pretending he's giving him the money back. Yeah. And he's like, I have to support my family and things like this. <laughs> like, It's kind of funny. And it turns out he didn't give him the money back. He gave him that you know, gun booklet, the pricing yeah, guide. The, the, the Sotheby's auction yep. catalog. Yep. And uh, he walks out to the his new, like, Aston Martin or whatever the hell he bought. Uh, whatever this is. It's, yeah. this, it's this super nice James Bond car. Exactly. And he and Lil' Chris are sitting in it. And he, he gets in this awesome car and says, buckle up. And then they drive off. Here. So we know he's, he, he spent all that money. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And they had just told Tom to get rid of the guns because they're the only thing linking them to this case. So Tom's off throwing the guns into the river. And they open the booklet and they see these guns are worth 300 grand. Wow. And they're all trying to call Tom and they can't get a hold of him because he's dangling over the edge of the bridge trying to get the guns in the river with his cell phone in his mouth. <laughs> and that's kind of how the movie ends. Yeah. Like Tom looks at the camera like, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> and it just keeps like cutting out farther and farther from Tom. Uh-huh. And that's the end of the movie. And and the cell phone that's hanging out of his mouth is is a is not the big Zach Morris phone, but it's the one that like was between Zach Morris and like the Razor. It's, it's like, like a, a 90, 1996 Nokia. Yeah, or something. exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and it's it's they it's have a, the antennas that pull out yeah, still. Yeah. yeah, it's it's way too big to, to put in your mouth. Certainly, you, you, like <laughs> you, you, it, it's gonna be a, a trial. And I love that they ended the movie this way, where where you know, because I mean, me like, too. If 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 they triumphantly get through to Tom and you know say don't get rid of the guns then that's a little bit too happy of an ending yeah i'd like to think that 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 they do eventually you know get him and maybe they'll go into the thames themselves and like yeah, retrieve right. the guns uh-huh. uh but you know i'll, I'll leave that to our imagination i like that how it's it's neither it's not they get away with it yeah it's not they get the money or they dump the guns right it's left ambiguous there like with that look that tom gives the camera like what the <laughs> fuck's gonna happen right that's how the you le you leave the movie. You're yeah. like, well, these guys suck at crime. <laughs> right. They can't even dispose of these guns. Uh -huh. They can't even sell these guns. Right. They can't even do anything. These guys <laughs> suck. Like you said, it's a disgrace to criminals everywhere. Exactly. It really that that last shot sums up everything that just happened mm -hmm. in two minutes. Oh yeah. It's they, it's they, a good way to close the movie. Right. They, they, these guys can't can't get out of their own way. <laughs> and and even even when they're they're just gifted something. I mean Vinnie Jones knew exactly what he was doing giving him that catalog. Because yeah. he saw Tom with the guns. Yep. Um, it was like, well, I'll, I'll give this to them. They yeah. they can figure this out. <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Uh, I, I, it was a, a perfect end to the yeah, movie, actually. A really, a really it was a good really good ending. Yes. All right. Anything else you want to talk about the movie, Dave? You know, we, we talked about Tarantino ripoffs or, you know, uh, like that, that, that whole, that whole, you know, movement. Um, yeah. I, I guess it would be fair to also say that, like, you know, anybody who ripped off Tarantino... Tarantino ripped off a whole bunch of other people. Too. Yeah, he did. Um, like that was his whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like, like he, he was taking a bunch of Hong Kong stuff and a bunch of black exploitation from the seventies and making it his own thing. Yep. And there are even like you know 
pretty compelling arguments that he has lifted entire dialogue scenes from previous films. There's a lot of people that claim that, mm-hmm. and I know he's even claimed that he has done that. He's, before. he's openly said it. He mm-hmm. has. Um, so, like, like as as original and kind of you know like thrilling as as his first films were to like just a mass audience and it, you know audiences on the festival circuit. I mean, he he wasn't 100 percent original, and and like you said, by his own, uh, he admitted it himself. Uh, that that he wasn't you know 100 original so like right. and anytime we see like you know these uh, kind of like e- extremely hip crime movies that that came out in the in like the ten years after he he right. did um, we just have to keep that in mind that like Tarantino himself was also ripping people off right and that that's a really good like kind of philosophical thing to think about like mm-hmm. the movie Swingers they they bring it up ironically yeah. Yeah. everyone steals from everybody as they're stealing shots from yes. Reservoir Dogs yes. and shots from Goodfellas exactly you know right. Everyone steals from everybody. Yep. That's how the medium evolves. That's People true. take what's good, they recreate it, and they add to it. Yeah, they make it their own. That's how it evolves into new things. Mm-hmm. Um, so saying it's a complete ripoff is kind of an unfair way of putting it. Yeah. Especially when it's something good that does add things like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Exactly. This is this is a, a very enjoyable film. I mean, and you can really have a good time whether you were in 1998 or you're in 2017. Yeah. Like, this movie is a good time. It is. So would you recommend it? Yes, I would recommend Lock, Stock, mm-hmm. and Two Smoking Barrels. You're going to have a lot of fun watching this movie. I agree. I'd recommend it, too. Um, so yeah, definitely watch it. Um, that's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'd also, um, like, like we, we already know about Jason Statham's other movies. If you want to check out a really good nineties movie with Jason Fleming, check out the red violin, the red violin. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, all that stuff. You know what to do. Yeah. Or go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yeah. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Dudes on Movies. And uh, we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Please drop us a line. Yeah. And we got question of the week, Dave. What is it? Uh, the question of the week is, what is your favorite Tarantino ripoff? There we go. Yes. <laughs> After all we just said. <laughs> And remember, Dudes on Demand is happening. Yes. This request came from Mike in Phoenix. Thank you very much. I'm really glad we got to do this one. Mm -hmm. Everyone else out there, spots are filling up. We try to leave it open as long as we can. Right. Just in case something awesome comes in, we might alter our programming. Who knows? So keep sending in requests, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Mm -hmm. and dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you want us to watch. So stay tuned next week. We're going to do 2003's Punch Drunk Love, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, starring Adam Sandler and Emily Watson. Mm-hmm. This request comes from Instagram, at uh, Miasma Metal, I yeah. think is who requested it. So thanks for this. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.